Another exciting episode of the Andre the Beast Creighton Show. Uh, season two. Matter of fact, it's season two. We're going to start this episode off. Let me do it like this. We've all seen Law and Order. And we've all seen movies like Making a Murder. And if you hadn't seen it, it makes you question yourself after you actually saw the movie because I saw Making a Murder and I remember asking myself that's some fucked up shit then I got to thinking we all look at these things and we go what could I have done or uh, if this could have ever happened to me what would I have done we can all speculate what we would have done if we was caught in these type of scenarios today we're I have two returning guests not only guests, they're good friends of mine. We have Paul Jefferson and Mr. David Benz. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andre. Thank you. Um, I brought you guys on because, like I said, we got a we got a, a law and order type situation here. Um, making a murder. You guys seen Making a Murder before? No, I have. You didn't see it? No. Anyway, did you see it? I have seen it. What do I you think? What do you think about that? Uh, it was very powerful. Okay. It was very powerful, and I think you're absolutely right. I don't think you can watch that and not ask yourself. What would I do if that had happened to me? Right. And you didn't see it. Oh. Mm -mm. And you're a lawyer. Yeah, that's right. So let me ask you a question. Okay. What would you do if you was put in a situation to where you was accused of something? You know, just they come to your job, come to your house, you're under arrest, but not just you're under arrest, but you're being charged with something called a cold case crime. Well, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know what I'd do. I mean, it's one of those situations where I don't think there's a script for it. So, yeah. You know, with that said, we have on the Andre the Beast show a very motivating story where this actually happened to an individual. And I want you guys to listen without judgment. I want you to listen with compassion and at least try to put yourself in the state of mind that this individual was in, what he had to go through, his trials, his tribulation, how he had to keep that beast frame of mind to move through a lot of adversities. Without further ado, you know what, Jason, let's show a clip of this, this individual, some of the things, what he's doing right now. Oh, 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 oh. I'm a witness to the 
That is a powerful video. And there's a story behind that video. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. David Emil. David, what's up, big guy? <laughs> so, David, were you into music before this all happened to you? Or? Yeah. Did he freeze up on us? Yeah, it looks like Maybe he's thinking. Um, you know, with my dad, my dad had a little studio. My dad is a vocalist, songwriter, uh, singer-songwriter as well, producer. Um, and uh, I was exposed to it at an early age. Okay. Why don't you Why don't you share part of your story, Andre? You care if I step in and? Hey, all right. I, I'm, this is this is a free for all right now. All right, <laughs> David, tell us tell us the journey. What happened? Um, we talked about making a murder. You know, uh, somebody being um, incarcerated, and now you have to prove your innocence. Take us down that first time that this happened to you, where somebody came to you and your life just totally changed. Well, back in uh, 2015, in February of 2015, uh, while I was doing a midnight shift uh, at work, um, around six something in the morning, right before my shift ended, um, I was on patrol because I worked the highways, the tollway to be specific, in uh, the Illinois tollway. And I was in a plow truck and I was on a, I was out, uh, you know, just checking the, the, the conditions of the, of the highway, you know, for um, before my shift ended, just doing my last round, came in and uh, to fuel my assigned uh, uh, unit. I was uh, approached from every, dis you know, every direction. Um, I was approached by uh, state troopers that I bagged up on the state highways and that I worked with because we shared the same facility. And um, I was detained and held until CPD got there. And so I sat from in Cook County as a pre-child detainee. David, if, if I could interrupt, what was what was your reaction um, when when all of a sudden, you know, you come in for, for arrest, essentially, and now all of a sudden you're surrounded by by guys that you work with? That that I I assume they accused you right there at the moment. They they told you what was going on. What was sort of, or maybe they didn't tell you what was going on. What was your reaction to that? Well, it was it was like not again because uh, in 2013 uh, the same thing happened, and I was told I was charged, but you know I was held two days and then they released me. So then 2013 they you know came and picked me up. Was it the uh, same crime? And then, same crime in 2013 as 2015? I'm sorry. Was it the same crime in 2013 as 2015? Yeah, it was the same same situation, same okay. arrest. All right. Uh, yeah. Are you allowed to say what the crime was, and you know, for the viewers? Uh sure. It was. Uh, I was. They told me first degree murder. That's what they told me uh, when they picked me up. But when I got to Cook County. Uh, and got, you know, booked. Um, I heard different charges, but initially the charge that they uh, picked me up for was um, first-degree murder. 
So then it went to multiple charges. Then what? Then then what went through your mind? Okay, you you got murder, and now you got additional charges. I mean, what went through your mind? Well, because of the fact that it was it was mixed emotions. Because I was going to, I was going to therapy after uh, 2013, uh, you know, uh, to help you know cope, and then it it, it happens again, right? So right. I'm just on this on this emotional roller coaster, man, you know, um, I had an autistic son who depended on my benefits and I had, uh, girls, daughters, and, um, you know, I worked every day so, you know, they could receive, you know, the, the proper care, uh, that they needed. So, you know, after the 2013 uh, arrest, I went right back to work, but, you know, I just went to counseling and, um, and it happened again in 2015, and it was just, man, it was. I know this. I know it's. I, know I, know it's, to, I don't know how to form it in words. You know what I'm saying? I know it's emotional to even even talk about this. Not only the fact that it happened once, but it happened twice. How how did kind of what David just said? How did your coworkers? Because you went back to work. How did they receive you? And what was the out outcry or support that? Did any come from from the the individuals that detained you? Because now you got to go back to them, and I know human curiosity is just that. It's human curiosity. They they want to know what the hell just happened. Well, I still had a responsibility with you know with taking care of my children and everything, and that kind of helped me to, you know, just the, the the needs of my children, just my family overall, uh, superseded how anyone else looked at me, you know, I went to a, you know, through multiple stages. Uh, I worked and I've always worked. I've always had a job. I've always been a contributing uh, member of society uh, into social security and everything. I, you know, I don't have no criminal background at all. I've never had any problems with the law uh, before this point. So um, I, I don't have a inferior complex, you know, but, um, I just, I just, man, I just, uh, you know, as transparent as I could be, you know, and um, and just continued to work, and uh, and I worked hard. And as a matter of fact, uh, in 2015, when they picked me up for a second time, uh, I found out when I came home in 20 in 2019 that um, within days, uh, if I wouldn't have been uh, detained, that. I would have been getting a promotion into uh, to management. So um, that lets you know how much I, I paid attention to what people say. People always got something to say. People always judge, but they don't they don't know what you what you go through personally. So, David, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, uh, David. We we definitely want to get into uh, you know the time that you spent in in uh, Cook County Jail and and um, and sort of the impact that that had on you, and then ultimately what. Uh, what what's what what the disposition or or what the what the how the case played out but before we get there do you have any idea why why they uh, wh- wh- why any of this might have happened to you well the thing about it is um when i was in i was told that by just about every attorney that cuz i went through three attorneys um uh, and i ended up it was two paid attorneys then i ended up with the public defender's office and they did a a, a great job um, 
I must say. But um, <clears throat> I was told that I was in there because my name was Dave or David or something like that, because the gentleman, um, you know, uh, mentioned, made mention of somebody named Dave or David in a series of uh, phone calls. Did you know the guy in question? Oh, I was familiar with him, man. So because you was familiar with him, the police automatically just assumed that the name David, did it pop up through like cell phone records? You know, you don't have to get, you know, if you, certain right. things you can't yeah, talk about, but I, how I did your name just come up? I, that's, that's another one of those situations where I say, you know, how could I, you know, be able to express how somebody else feel about something or their opinion about something? They are, they're the only ones that can say that. He's the only one that can answer that question. I don't know how he felt or what, you know, yeah. what on or whatever. But all I know is I was, you know, indirectly associated uh, and, you know, detained. You had a paid legal team. You said your fraternity brothers. How did they come at you with the case? I mean, because it seemed like to me that did they offer you a bond? I mean, what was the first order of operation? You said you got out at first. So what was the what was the reasons that you got out at first before we that way we can understand the first time this happened? Did your fraternity brothers represent you? Did they represent you to get you out the first time? I did. I did. Uh, I did have a. I did have an attorney. I did ask for an attorney when I went in, and my attorney, you know, came in 2013. Um, he came and he said either charge him or let him go. You know, I was told that I was charged, but um, in 2013, but I, um, they kept me for two days and then they just released me. So, up. so you was gone from 2013 to 2015 on the streets, was, correct? No, no, I was, I was in, I was detained in 2013 when I was picked up the first time. Right. Initially. I was detained for a total of two days. Okay. Then you so, got released. And then I was released. And you went back to your normal life at that time? Went back to, uh, well, I guess. With, what you uh, would consider a life. <laughs> I mean, I mean, for lack of a, a better term, I guess, uh, I don't know. Uh, that, that, that's a, that wasn't normal. But I went back to functioning as best I could. I made adjustments, and I, I continued to function like I needed to, being re responsible or having the responsibility of, children in the family. So what made him come back at 2015 with the same charges or additional charges? That's what, what is it guys? 13, 12, 13, 14, two years later, you're on the street and they come back and, and recharge you? Back at work, back at the same place that they, and they came and got me, <laughs> I want to say at the same exact time that they did in 13, they came and got me in 15. It was, I was working midnight shift and <clears throat> And they came and uh, and they came and picked me up. But I mean, here's the crazy thing, you know. It's it's uh, I, I heard fraternity. I heard for so so you went to college. Uh, you got a full time job. You have a family that you're supporting, a family that depends upon you, and uh, and 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 all of a sudden these guys come out of nowhere. Uh, the police come out of nowhere and uh, and accuse you of this horrific thing, uh, and the impact that that must have had. Um, it, it's just, it's, uh, you know, for those of us that have seen making a murder, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, um, 
I, I don't I, I I'm not even sure what the right word is for it but uh, um, boy you know my name is David uh, I, I I suppose I, it's I could have just I could have been you could have been him yeah exactly it could have been me it could have been me um, and 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 it's just it's it's outstanding but let's move forward so you end up spending the next four years the next four years of your life you spend in in Cook County Cook County Jail what what was that experience like okay so it was four years and one month and all of it all of it seems like seemed like for seemed like forever it was a, it was a bad dream I, um when I first went in you know it's just the way that they transport people the way that they deal with people you know just period I know it's a whole lot of people you know the turnover rate is high so many people come in and out of there man but it's so far away from personal you know um, a personable experience. You know, and, and what you're used to, you know, um, and what, what you're not used to, man, it, it was like a culture shock. You know, it was just like, I don't know, watching Westerns. I love Westerns. And uh, I could relate just the initial experience of going in to uh, cattle being herded, man, you know, through this pattern that's, you know, that's set for just that, just, you know, designed just for, for that intake process and uh man the smells and then you know the people uh you know that was sick off of off of uh addiction uh to some substance of, you know um and just throwing up and and going potty on this on themselves you know um man um to just the <clears throat> You know, inspections that you know, taking off the, you know, inspections and the physical, you know, changing the clothes and just you just transferring from one world to another, and that's a world within the world. Did you say? Did you stay in Cook County Jail the whole time? I stayed in Cook County Jail the entire time. And and for those that don't know, at least my understanding is that there's different system so there's jail and then there's prison and jails where you stay while you're waiting trial and then prison is where you would go if you were convicted and they're different facilities but often I've heard that jail is harder on the people that are there so to be there for four years is a long time yeah I've heard that I've heard that uh, I've heard that from um, so many people that's been in the system so I want to talk to you a little bit about um, your faith and and I want to do it in two ways. And one, I want to talk to you about your faith in a higher power, but also um, there, you also had to have faith in the criminal justice system, faith in your attorneys, faith in um, just a day-to-day existence. Can you just talk to us a little bit about how you got through that day after day? The Bible. The Bible. Reading the Bible. So what what was that like for you? Was it like a surrender, like a mm, trust? Was it, I mean... Well, I'm a very hands-on person. Like, my children, I'm a hands-on dad. You know, uh, my son with autism, I have full custody of him. I'm a single parent. Uh, he's with his mom right now. He'll be all in the video, guys. But um, and my daughters, you know, we just, uh, you know, we just got this cohesiveness, and it comes from... From, from exposure, from us living day to day, developing, 
communicating, which is so important. And, you know, uh, I always stress to them the importance of communication is, you know, the Bible is the epitome of communication. If we didn't have a Bible, where would we be right now? So when you think of the importance of communication, that's a, that's an example. Um, let that be an example because it's communication is, you know, even in, con- you know, certain parts of communication, we reach conflict, but conflict is where we learn things and develop, uh, you know, boundaries. I just wanted to just say that, but yeah, I, um, my faith, man. How would you, how would you say you're a different man now than you were six years ago? Totally different. Totally, Did, it changed to, me. What are the three parts you like most about yourself now that you didn't, you couldn't have said three years ago or six years ago? I couldn't have said, yeah, six years ago, right? So I would have to say um, I figured out what my purpose is. So and, what's your purpose? And, you know, um, my purpose is, and, um, you know, being raised in a, in a church, you know, by both sides of my family, you know, I was exposed to, uh, Jesus Christ. I'm a believer and our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. And, um, I was exposed at a young age. So, you know, I didn't go to jail as a preacher. I detainee and find him, but I knew who he was. I just had to humble myself and, and, uh, and read and, and learn what I needed to learn about uh, about the word. Well, and I have it, to I have to stop dope. you there. I have to stop you there because I I, I think I read I, I think I read something that you said uh, where you said um, you know we all have a Goliath in our life and and you just have to put your faith in God that uh, that He's going to deal with that Goliath. It is I assume this is what you were referring to. You were referring to this experience that you had uh, the the four years that you had in Cook County Jail. Well, you know, that, but it's so much more to it than just that, you know, even just my characteristics, like he asked me about the three things is different. I only got a chance to say one and I'll say the other two, but, um, man, just the Goliath of being in there, being in some place where, you know, it was unfamiliar, you know, uh, not being able to turn the door knob, you know, uh, only being able to, um, manage myself and control myself and develop myself. You know, you, you don't have all these distractions. So you have a lot of time to focus on yourself and uh, things that's associated with you. I tried to be outside and inside at the same time. And I was humbled because it's virtually impossible. David, where was, where was your legal team during this, during this phase? You go back in for round two. Where was your legal team during this during this piece? Because where, where, you said you went from the the pay structure to the public defender to the different organizations. What were they telling you? I mean, to sit there for four years, and and pretty much what it sounds like being clueless to what's actually taking place. You're being charged with murder and other charges. I mean, where was your Outside of your family, where was the support group from the legal standpoint? Did they, they, they guide you and say, "Look, this is what we're getting ready to do"? Did you get a a bond hearing? Where, you know, naturally you was going to a therapist, so you was already suffering from. Uh, I'm not a therapist, so I'm gonna just say some type of post 
dramatic stress disorder from the first time you was in there. So it seems like to me that the closest support group that you would have outside of your family who you can't have on a constant basis in there is your legal team. Where was your legal team during this time? Well, well out of respect for all the attorneys and their service, because they, they, they have a whole lot to deal with. They have a whole lot that they grow through in this system. Um, um, my, uh, my paid attorney, um, I wasn't the only case that he had, you know, he had to take care of his family as well. Unfortunately, you know, they're unable to just give you this personal attention that you would like all the time. You know, that's an unrealistic expectation. I, you know, that, you know, uh, I was confused about it at first, but I totally understand now. Um, um, and, uh, my, through my benefits package, um, I had prepaid legal. Uh, they were, you know, they had experience with divorces. They never had a, uh, any experience with a case of this magnitude. So, you know, I ended up let, releasing those guys. And then I got the public defender's office. And, you know, people turn their nose up or snob at public defenders, man. But, hey, they're awesome. And some of them are very, 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 very talented and, and, uh, and know they craft very well. Um, but they're overwhelmed. They have a lot of cases. You know, a lot of people... Uh, like me, that they have to deal with. And you could just, how I feel about my stuff, everybody else, you know, feels some type of way about their stuff as well and want a certain level of attention or, or uh, uh, you know, um, uh, consideration, you know, as far as one-on-one stuff. But you get it. What was I, mean, the, I feel like things happen like they were supposed to. What was the impact of your family now? You know, Man. you're back in for a second second phase. I mean. Man, I missed Daddy and daughter dance with my baby. She's the only one <clears throat> that I didn't get to um, accompany to a daddy-daughter dance at our elementary school. I missed um, one eighth grade graduation. Uh, and she's about to graduate high school this year. Um, and I missed the high school graduation. But I called her eighth grade graduation. So, <laughs> uh, But she knows how supportive I am. And I was, uh, I was able to maintain communication uh, through letters, through the mail and, you know, the phone system. And that's all we could do is, you know, moral support, you know, a spiritual, uh, just that connection that you have with your children, you know, and, um, and, and that, that helped us endure. That helped us to be able to maintain through that, uh, that time is, it's just, uh, you know, um, communication. On a, you know? on a, on a, on a, on a more lighter side, because that's, that's a serious, that's a serious beast frame of mind you know and and man my I, I my heart goes out to you man because you you got to be strong i i thought i've heard beast state of mind and 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 moving forward man you've definitely done that and still going strong but there's a lighter side you you came in with the gift of of musical artistic talent did you sing a lot did, did it just take your mind to a whole different phrase Oh, I, I had an opportunity to be on a on a Christian deck. The, the officers called it the God Pod. <laughs> okay, we were we were on one A. Okay, so uh, it's a it's an organization called Chicago Land Prison Outreach. Okay, um, they're led by a, a pastor, uh, Corey Buchanan. Uh, pastor Corey Buchanan was also the chaplain for Division Ten, and they set aside. Uh, okay, so two years in. Um, they get this deck set aside, 1A, uh, for what's called the Life Learning Program. So Chicagoland Prison Outreach, led by Corey Buchanan, Pastor Corey Buchanan, uh, 
had uh, a deck set aside for them, a uh, whole tier, and it was it was called the Life Learning Program. And I was able to be, I was able to work on that tier. So faith and work, man. Uh, I was able to work, and people came on, and we told them about our Lord and Savior. You know, we had a uh, we had a we had structure. We had structured uh, Bible study times, uh, prayer, deck prayer. Bless you. <clears throat> and um, uh, not saying every day, not just the last two year uh, period of uh, the Life Learning Program, but uh, when I first came in, Pastor Corey used to just have um, chapel on Tuesdays and Fridays, and I went down all the time, even if the whole building was locked down, and they were only letting so many people from specific tiers. I get to come down and, and, and sing. So when did you decide to uh, produce an album? You know, because you have a new album out. Tell me about the new album that you got. But yes, it's a, it's a single right now. Um, and the title of the single is called Faithfully. So for anybody that want to um, subscribe to my YouTube channel or see the video or hear the song, you go to um, David Emil Faithfully on YouTube. Um, so the song came to me when you know i've written and produced uh songs in the past uh you know just from just experiencing music <clears throat> throughout my life but when i was in uh on a life learning pro on the life learning tier um faithfully came to me so it came to me uh only the hook the chorus came to me and a beat and i was in there I, my family i talked to my family on the phone or whatever and i just man this song came to me uh, in my darkest hour, you give me sight. In my weakest point, and I'll be boxed. Boost, <laughs> okay. That's why I'm like, both of us grew up in the Fat Boy era. You would be yeah. boxing earlier, too. So I'm like, you know. Remember, I was just doing DJ that. Thing with George, so that was cool. So, so tell me, tell, tell me I, I'm glad to see you smiling, man, because, you know, most people probably wouldn't even be trying to smile after, after, what what you went through my my heart grows out to you um i'm not uh, bitter i'm not bitter that's what i was getting ready to ask yeah yeah the officers had a job to do you know what i'm saying um just having a realistic approach to this period you know what i'm saying with all boy crap aside you know um i understood that it's a process and i just I laid on the board, man, on the table, everything that I had control of. And all I could come up with was myself. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else is responsible individually for controlling themselves. And, and you know, I just had to just, man, I just, I was humbled, man. Do you look humbled. at, do you look at the system any differently now because you was a part of that system or you just chuck it up as a, hey, you know, I was a victim of a situation and I, you know, I persevered and, you know, it, it is what it is. Man, through the strength of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is why I am, I can't take no credit for none of this, for none of this understanding. Everything that I, that I believe is in, is in those words in the Bible. And that helped me cope. That helped me to better understand people. Has anybody even understand how I was supposed to manage myself with people? Has anybody that, even reached out to you and said, "Hey, you know, we're sorry. We, you know, is this like you're free going about your life?" Nah, that's not required because my I look for reward from God. I look for, you know, uh, well done or uh, any type of compliment from from God. 
you know, I don't necessarily need it for man. Right. I can't, I'm not gonna hold that responsibility to anybody and say that, you know, nobody called it, you know, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't never, that's not my, my thought process. You know, I just, I just don't worry about that. How's your life now, David? How's your life now? I'm you still know. adjusting. I'm had to, you know, get to know my children all over again. They had to get to know me, you know, to go through this whole process with me being in the newspaper on the news, you know, hearing people talk, hearing people say things, you know, in my absence and I can't, you know, be there at that specific time to, uh, <clears throat> you know, to correct it or to communicate about it, period. You know, so, um, man, I'm just, uh, just me and my children, my career, just working. I'm trying to help develop my son, you know, and um, cause I, because I lost four years, you know, and he was with me. I was in my custody uh, before I left. And um, as a matter of fact, when I got dropped off that night, because I was working the night shift, like I said, and um, he was, he was, when I got out the truck, he was just upset. You know, they couldn't calm him down. He was just, you know, he, he hated to leave me because I, you know, I, I've had him since he came out. He's been his rock, stuff. yeah. So I'm, com you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm his comfort zone. I'm part of his comfort zone. And, uh, yeah, so I just think about all of that stuff, but, um, man. Career-wise, are you continuing to work on an album? I am, and I have, uh, I have more stuff to come, and it's all inspirational stuff. I want to inspire people. I want to, for people that feel like, you know, you know, people giving up on them or there's no hope that, it, you know, that just as everybody says over for you, you believe all that stuff. You have to know that that's all a trick of the enemy. And the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And, you know, it's all about life. You know, it's all about life. It's all about choosing life. It's all about speaking life into things that's going on in your life that, you know, that's challenging right now. Don't ever give up. You know, in the word it says, the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but to those that endure. No matter how strong you think you are at that particular time, how fast you're going, or how slow. You know, even if you're down to a snail's pace, endure, keep going, don't give up. So, David, how can the viewers reach out to you if they want to, you know, listen to your story, have you in for public speaking, or assist you in any any way? Is there an email or website they can go to? Yes, they can go to my link tree. Uh, they can go to my link tree and um, definitely reach out to me. Um, uh, you can reach out to me through YouTube or any of the um, any of those uh, platforms. What well, What would you say is the biggest? positive or blessing that came from this experience for you? Me being able to encourage other people. Me being able to encourage other people and, and just say fight the good fight, man. Just do not give up, do not give in, whether it's a physical ailment. You know, mental health is, is a serious issue right now. It's always been, but you know, it's a lot of people going undiagnosed and, you know, go get help, you know, and just uh, let somebody help you reach out, communicate about what's going on with you. 
Mm-mm-mm. Well, I have to say, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, we started off talking about making a murder, and and that leaves you with one feeling. But now sitting here talking with you, David, this you have such an amazing, great story. It 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 uh, it's it's actually you you what you've shared and and how it's how it's impacted you and and how you see the world. Uh, it's a great story. It's a happy story. David, before we sign off, I always ask the guests to share one impact, something impactful to the viewers. I'm going to let you have a few minutes to share something constructive and to keep people uplifted. Well, just as I said, and I can't, I can't say it enough, you know, we got a lot of people that's going through uh, loss of family members. I've lost several. You know, uh, I've had uh, multiple family members to uh, actually, you know, have COVID and um, and 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 make it make it out of out of, out of that situation. Um, and uh, be grateful for it. You know, don't ever take anybody for granted. You know, don't assume things about people. You know, through communication, you can understand and be informed. And information is key. Ignorance causes division. There's no reason to be ignorant when you have a mouth. And God spoke everything into existence, and then it was, you know, we could do the same thing with our mouth and through communication. It's to change change everything from, from ignorance to, you know, having an understanding. The Bible says also, know them that labor among you. You know, through communication, you you become, you know, you're not strangers anymore. You know, you understand people and then you move forward in nurturing relationships and, and building. It's all about building. I always choose life, guys. Mm-mm-mm. David, thank you so much for being on the show. You've definitely been an inspiration to not only me, but I'm sure my guests and the viewers that are out there. I hope that the viewers that are listening to this will reach out to you and offer, continue to offer you support guidance and whatever you need in your journey moving forward feel free to keep reaching out to me if you need anything you're 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 strong man you're definitely got that beast state of mind ladies and gentlemen that has been mr david emil on the andre the beast show